You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. From the wild woods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here, alongside the state of Hoppy, and thank you for joining us whenever and wherever you are listening. How's it going, Hoppy? You know, it's it's going pretty good uh, out here in Minnesota. It's pretty humid, so it's uh, nice and sticky. But you know what? Uh, we're we're surviving. Oh man, out on the Hawaii of Canada. Nice, beautiful 21 degrees Celsius weekend and a couple days leading into this now. And uh, got to say, perfect for going out on a 30 kilometer bike ride. And uh, now, believe it or not, I, I did fall off. But when I did, do you know what happened? Uh, hopefully your shoulder is okay. No, no, no. I got cut and I bled blue and green. Oh, man. Man, I don't know about that, but I'm, I'm bleeding uh, green and green and red out here in Minnesota. So, okay. Well, hey, let, let's get to the show rundown here. We got an exciting uh, soda pod here for everyone in episode 145. Uh, we're going to kick it off here with the Hoppy Hour, featuring now recurring guest Jack Ferrara of Center Ice Brewery. Then we're going to get into a lot deeper hockey conversation. Play a little bit of armchair GM get into some of the recent events with the Wild and around the NHL. Um, now, thanks, everyone, for tuning in on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. As always, you can follow us at The Soda Pod on Twitter and Facebook. And if you missed the live stream on Sunday or Wednesday, you can go back and watch the video as well on YouTube. Now, enough for me. I definitely want to get into this and talk about the percentages of my beer. On the other side, the Hoppy Hour, presented well, by he, the Hockey Hour. Before, sorry, before we uh, we get going, but I'm just so glad you made time for us today. I know it's already such a big commitment, but I'm, I'm really, really glad you set aside about hour and 15 uh, for the pod and uh, super excited to, to get going here. Yeah, you know what? It, it's always the soda pod first. Uh, I can't think of any reason that I would miss it. 
Um, but I, I appreciate you acknowledging that, Hoppy. That 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 warms my heart. Um, now on the other side, the Hoppy Hour. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak. To Stalak. I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops to it. Well, you're all hopped out. All right, real quick before we get into the Hoppy Hour. Do need to give a quick shout out yet again to our good friends at 7th Avenue Pizza. I have now dropped it. I have now had their pizza in pretty much every form. I've had it fresh out of the oven. I've had it the next day cold out of the fridge, had it reheated, and now I have it two hours after I cooked it and still incredible. But let's get into it here. Welcome back. Now recurring guest, Jack Ferrara, Center Ice Brewery. How are we doing, sir? Good. How are you doing, buddy? Good, good. Great to have you back. I think this is going to be a pretty regular thing for us whenever the Wild and Blues are in contention. Um, let's kick it off here, though. What are you drinking tonight? So I'm drinking a local favorite of mine from uh, a neighbor across the street from where Center Ice is located, from Urban Chestnut. It's their Hopfin Dry Hopped IPL Indipel Lager. And on deck, I have from our other good buddies and next door neighbors that down the street from us, Well Spence Keller Pilsner. If I can line okay. it up right. Very nice. And I mean, talk about those breweries then, because I, I imagine most Minnesotans aren't familiar with anything from Missouri, except for obviously you talking about you guys on the last time you joined. Yeah. So I'll start with Urban Chestnut. Urban Chestnut's one of the biggest breweries now, biggest craft breweries in St. Louis now. They make a lot of German uh, style beers. So they have one of the beers is Zwickel, a Bavarian lager, and Snickel Fritz is a Bavarian wheat ale. Uh, so just like a lot of German inf influenced beers. Uh, well Spent does a lot of more fruity, fruited beers. Uh, they also have a really kick-ass barrel program. And they got on, I forget what magazine it was, but they got on the top 100 beers in the country oh. for one of their beers. I think it was Mr. Maraschino. I don't know for sure. I should have looked it up. Damn, uh, that's but, super impressive with how many beers are out there yeah. right now to, to be named top 100. That's That's pretty incredible. Yeah, and we get to walk down to that brewery anytime we want. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice. <laughs> and do you guys do much like in the way of collaboration beers with them then? or No. Uh, so we don't really do a lot of – we personally don't do a lot of brewery and brewery collabs. Um, but what I like about the St. Louis craft beer scene is – and I think I might have mentioned this last time, but I'll say it again because it's awesome – like everyone's super willing to help each other. Like we had, there's a Facebook group for St. Louis craft breweries. And if someone needs like however many pounds of hops, a thermometer, like bags of grain, whatever, everyone's like, Hey, I got this. You can, we'll like run it down or can you come get it? And like, it's just super awesome. Everyone has each other's backs and it's awesome to see. Yeah. And it's pretty similar up here in Minnesota. I mean, obviously we all saw it, highlighted here when we went through COVID last year. And I mean, still kind of pushing through it, but uh, it's just great to hear. I mean, by and large across the country, it's a very, very tight knit group brewery to brewery. 
Uh, Joey, what do you got on tap? You know, I got nothing special, but I'm uh, drinking a Rainier. Um, this is basically the Mitt Golden of the West, is what I would call it. Just uh, an easy drink and lager. Um, it's there. It's I mean, it's just like a Coors Light, um, something to have in the locker room after a hockey game or on a nice hot winter or summer day. So easy drinking. You can have a couple of them, and and yeah, it's good beer. That's a big bill to live up to comparing him to McGolden. Wow. I know, I know. But see, we can't get McGolden out here in the West, and you guys can't get this out, out in the Midwest. So it's kind of where, where I, I, I threw that analogy in. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. Awesome. And I've got one here from Junkyard. I actually had a coworker that went up that way this weekend, brought me back a beer that I had requested, and then this one he actually recommended – specifically he's like yeah i just bought it for you i don't care if you pay me back i'm like okay i'll, I'll pay for it but um really really good um i didn't even check so it's a new england style double ipa and let's see here because uh we're still kind of going with the isha bit what's the percentage here i can't even find it 8.1 percent not bad not bad i don't know how that converts to canadian but um awesome well let's get into it here then um uh, just curious, kind of talking about some of the collaboration across Missouri, where are things at right now for you guys, Jack, just in regards to regulations? Like, is everything just wild, wild west again, or are there some restrictions still in place? So the restrictions are getting more lax. Um, I think that, I don't know exactly what, I don't, I'm terrible at keeping up with the parameters that St. Louis city has um, just cause I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going out anywhere really. Um, our tap room, we've had the same amount of seats we had since last time I was on. Um, business is starting to pick up, which is good. And I think that's part of like, because everything's getting more lax, people are willing to come out again. Because like when everything was allowed to be open, downtown was dead. No one was coming out. So like we just had to can all our stuff and get it in stores for people to go to and then get and then bring home to themselves. So it's nice to see people back in again. And I'm thinking, I think people like being back in breweries again. Yeah. I think everybody kind of has that itch to, to get out, especially with it being nice. It's patio season and people want to be drinking outside. Um, but you actually answered one of my questions. How many beers do you guys can of your beers? So, um, now I got to think and do math. <laughs> uh, why you gotta do this to me? Um, that means more than ten. A... <laughs> <laughs> no, that means I can't count to ten. Um, so we can off our beauty uh, orange IPA. I just moved on another table. Our raspberry picker, which I actually started brewing today uh, for this season. So that is a blonde with lactose, raspberry puree, and vanilla beans. It's good summer. You want to talk about a you want to talk about a summer beer? Yeah, brother. Exactly. <laughs> you better hold on to your shorts. Uh, so that one is going to finish up tomorrow for brewing, and then that'll be ready by next month, like late ne late next month. Yeah, ready for summer. Nice. What does that one come at ABV wise? I think it's like five three. Oh man, that's a that's a perfect summer beer right there. Actually, I think it's higher than that because I remember. I remember either the flavor tasted too heavy at one point to me, and I was like, I need a lager or something. Because <laughs> like, I think it was like 5.3. But yeah, so like ABV is perfect. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm psyched to have that beer back. I should have nice. brought. We have like two cans left in the brewery. I should have brought one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and talk about then uh, the the brewery front because I mean it's been pretty well covered on this podcast that well Minnesota has the most archaic liquor laws out there. What, what what's it like being able to just do whatever you want and sell whatever you want from your tap room? It's great. So um, I think I mentioned last time we have our line change series where we can just like experiment and make whatever. Uh, sadly, I don't have the taps behind me like I did last time, but I'm relaxing outside, which is nice. Uh, so with that, I may like, I'm going to go through the list of things that I've made recently <laughs> that are going to be on tap or that are on tap now, uh, just to give you the idea of all the things that I can do. Yes. I made a Trappist inspired ale, so a Belgian, uh, and I threw jalapenos and serrano peppers in it to make a spiced Trappist ale. Nice. I made a, so you guys know uh, the style Berliner Weiss? Yep. yep. So I replaced the wheat in that with rye malt. So I basically made a rye sour and then I threw blueberry puree in. So I have a we're calling it a rye blueberry tart because it's not sour. And if we say, if we call it a sour, the beer nerds are going to be like, I can still feel my face. It's sour. <laughs> so it's a tart and people can shut up about it because it's good. That's also 2.3%. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so you can have as many as you want. Yeah, basically. Yes. Uh, I remade a rye stout. We have uh, actually today I finished up making a cherry sour with uh, we use dark or sweet dark cherry puree in that, so we're psyched for that one too. But yeah, like I can do, yeah, like there's no limitation on anything we can make uh, outside of like an ice box, which I'm not entirely sure what it is. I think it's you freeze the wort inside the fermenter, so just basically the water freezes, leaving just. <laughs> liquid liquor, malt liquor. <laughs> and then like that's how you get really high ABV stuff. So we don't do that, but we did start a bail program. So we have a Russian Imperial Stout in uh the hell is uh Buffalo Trace uh bourbon whiskey barrels. And then we just filled uh we made a scotch ale and filled those in scotch barrels. So speaking of your barrel program, how hard is it to get your hands on barrels? I heard there is a shortage, I mean, before COVID, but is it still difficult to get those barrels? It's not exactly easy. I say that. Um, they date stamp the barrels. So like the Buffalo Trace ones, for example, it's a great example. For Buffalo Trace, the company has a thing where for it to be the bourbon whiskey, it has to sit in the barrel for 10 years. The date on those barrels, all, we have we currently have six of them. So on all six of those barrels is the same date that they were filled. January, I think 10th, that doesn't matter, but it's January 2011, which means they were emptied January whatever, 2021. And now they're in my brew house. That's crazy. <laughs> And we've had those filled, uh, I think we filled those like early March. So we like, we got those 
as fresh as I've ever seen. So how do you how do you guys get those barrels? Do you reach out to these like bourbon or bourbon companies or or how do you guys get them? We go through a broker. Okay. Um, and actually, going back to like the St. Louis craft beer industry, like we reached out to one of the head brewers at a brewery called Side Project, which is an offshoot of Shared Brewing. So Side Project is their like barrel broker. So. Cool. Jim, my head brewer, reached out to that guy and was like, hey, where are the best places to look for barrels? And he gave him two different uh, barrel brokers. And from those two, we got each of our two sets of barrels. Nice. And I know it, it was a little weird. I was just looking real quick to see what you guys had recently. And there was just a giant raspberry. And it just said, coming soon. Please uh, elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nick, our media guy is like, I'm going to start teasing it so we get some hype around it. The first half of it went in the perimeter today, which, yay. <laughs> I'm not complaining. How long does that sit in the fermenter then? Uh, it's going to ferment for, it's going to sit in primary for a week and then secondary for another one. And then we're going to raise the temperature on, temperature on the controller for it. So like just outside of the range where it would need to kick on. So we're going to raise it to like 85, 87, just so like the glycol doesn't chill it down for any reason um, and do a diacetyl rest. So it doesn't have any like astringent buttery flavors, which is what diacetyl is. And that's also what movie popcorn butter is. Uh, and then after, after it rests for like three to five days, I think we cold crash it. And then once it's settled out, we transfer it to the bright tank. So about a month. That's awesome. All right. Enough brewery talk. Let's uh, get into some NHL talk, especially the St. Louis blues. Um, I mean, after the trade deadline here, what are you thinking? Do you want them to make the playoffs or are you hoping for the draft lottery? <laughs> well, with all the California teams in our division, I don't think we're going to make the draft lottery. <laughs> um, I like this team. I know Army likes this team. That's why the Blues didn't do anything in the de deadline. Looking back the past two years, when we won in 2019, the only trade deadline acquisition we got was Michael Belzato, just as defensive depth, because our offense was white hot. In 2020, before the deadline, the only acquisition we got was uh, Scandella from Montreal. And that's just because Jay Bomeister went down with his uh, heart attack. So he was just like, we need another NHL defenseman. So Army thinks this team can do it. I think this team can do it. I know Blues Twitter. I saw it. my buddy sent me a tweet. It was like 50% of Blues Twitter is mad that they didn't do anything. 50% of Blues Twitter is happy they didn't do anything. 50% of Blues Twitter, I forgot the last one, but it's like, is confused of why they didn't do anything. A lot of people were saying uh, Hoffman was going to get traded. I think he's definitely better suited in the Eastern Conference rather than the Western Conference, solely because historically the well historically recently the eastern conference is more suited to 
highly skilled snipers and like run and gun guys like Hoffman. Uh, he's not really his game isn't really the Western Conference's like big bad like bang and crash your way down as we're all familiar with. So I think he's better suited there. I like what he's doing. He got two goals in the overtime win the Blues had against you guys. I'm sure you already knew that. Um, just want to rub that salt in the wound there. <laughs> Well, let's, let's, let's get into that though, Jack. Okay. Like obviously spanked the wild, right? Wild came spanked in the wild really Friday nine. one. Right. Right. Last but game. <laughs> Hey, let, let's explain that situation now. Okay. While they're coming in off an eight, three win against the avalanche, they're buzzing. Blues have been on an awful, awful tear prior to that. Oh yeah. Back oh, against yeah. the wall. That was the recipe for betting St. Louis puck line. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. let's let's erase that game. Let's look at the overtime game and let's just look holistically at the two rosters. Like, are these teams right on par with each other, or who do you see being the front runner between the two if we were starting the season today? Um, I think they match up pretty well. I like Dumba, I really do. Um Spurgeon is a weird captain to me, I'll say it. Like, I don't watch the team that closely. He's a weird captain to me. Personally, I don't know why Dumba didn't get it, if anything. Because, because Dumba's going to be gone after this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest reason. <laughs> well, give it to Caprizov. <laughs> they, they might. You never know. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but, yeah. So, I like how these teams stack up. Problem is, if uh, if we started the postseason now, one of us would be facing Vegas. One of us would be facing Colorado. I think those two are going to go and just kill each other. Because oh my god, like the moves both of them made in the trade deadline. I mean, let's uh, be real here. Um, you're a Blues fan. We're both Wild fans. But honestly, we want to see Vegas and Colorado duke it out. Oh, I mean, baby. I mean that that is truly going to be the matchup to watch in the entire play. Oh, yeah. I mean that could be the Cup Finals. It should be the Cup Finals, but yeah, I mean that's that's going to be some awesome hockey to watch if it gets to that stage. Oh yeah, I think the one of those two teams makes it. I hope it's Colorado. I do not like Vegas. <laughs> I don't like Vegas. Um, I haven't liked Vegas since they made the playoffs. The playoffs, their first season of existence. <laughs> and then they made the final that year. Hey, at least you didn't get fleeced like a couple of the teams did. <laughs> yeah. Who is it? Uh, they got Marcheseau. They oh got Marcheseau and um, Riley Smith. <laughs> Riley Smith, yeah. From and, the same team. <laughs> and their fucking coach who they fired and had leave on a road trip in a taxi after a game. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh God, Florida, like Florida's, we're going to go here and then we'll go back to the Blues. Uh, Florida is another favorite of mine to make it because like they've been a dark horse for years and never got it done. But if this isn't their year, I, I don't know. Relocate them. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, relocate Arizona. Uh, I think I think Florida would move before Arizona would. Oh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> here, you want to put money on that? <laughs> One has a fan base. None of them have fan bases. 
<laughs> one. If you compare, okay, filling ten percent of the rink compared to thirty percent is still a big difference. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, between, we'll, like, we'll... I think Batman needs to just drop a nuke in that entire front office because holy shit, in Arizona, I mean, like I mean, the front office is brand fun. new. It came is from, now... came from St. Louis. First of all, he was our assistant GM. He had no real pull because Army was Army's in charge of like Canada's Olympic roster right now. Like guy knows what he's doing. Okay, well Bill Minnesota's no, really. GM is also a former assistant GM and he seems to know what he's doing. Who's your GM again? <laughs> Bill Guerin. Oh. <laughs> okay. I completely forgot about that. Let's look him up real quick. Let's just say he's uh, anyway. doing what he needs to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else high level, just talking, whether it's blues compared to wild or just giving us your thought from an outside view of what the wild are this year. Um, I think. Uh, I think those teams are evenly matched. Uh I don't see either one really getting past Vegas or Colorado just because those two are the juggernauts right now. Wagons, and I knew yeah. that going into this season, as soon as they announced the division leader or the divisions, I was like, all right, they're going to run it. And those will be third, four, depending on how bad we are this year. So, so far I'm right. But the other thing is, Somehow, I have to watch out for Arizona, too, which I'm not happy about because, oh, my God, that team. Um, yeah, Jack, what happens if the team that you just said needs to blow up their front office with your old assistant GM actually beats you for a playoff spot? <laughs> like, well, what's the penance for that? <laughs> uh, what's the penance for that? That's a good question. <laughs> You're banned from the soda pod. No, then we can't bring him back on to make fun of him when it happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's your whole thing. You have to bring me back when that happens. Oh yeah. Like the day we find out the blues are eliminated and Arizona's going, I'm coming on. Um, yeah. I think that's just it. I come on like as soon as we know, and you guys are just going to laugh at me for an hour straight. Okay. That, that seems like a fair penance. I can agree. All right. Before we transition and get into <laughs> just going full armchair GM here. We just need to hear it from someone that's attached to the team. Bennington contract. Explain it to me like I'm five. That's a good explanation, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, this goddamn guy. So with the i'm sure you guys saw the clips of the san jose game where he like fake swiped at eric carlson and then dubnik was like dude go away <laughs> and then he fake swiped at him like guys hot tempered i know st louis loves it i know he got us he got us to the cup and the cup um i love him for that he is so fucking frustrating this year like his recent play, like during that schism you mentioned, like I I think Army's playing at like all right we're gonna sign you, we're gonna give you money, we're gonna pay you, 
so that maybe you can actually fucking play and get your mind off of it. Because you're staying here. Is basically what I think. You, I, that's what I thought was going on with that contract. It hasn't really changed in my mind from that explanation. But, oh, my God, this guy. Like, he needs to sort his shit out and get his head on right. This head, guy, indeed. Because, <laughs> like, our other our backup right now is Ville Husseau, who has been in our system for years. Uh, he is not ready. Oh, he's not ready. That's the one thing I'm like, all right, we might not make the playoffs or not. We're definitely making the second round with that fucking tandem. Like, we at least had Allen when we won the cup when teams like, I forget who it was, but someone ran Vinny out and we brought out Allen and he performed. I think we still lost that game, but he performed. But like with this tandem, Bennington's going to get tired. It's Carey Price syndrome. You go as far as he's going to take you. This offense, this defense can only go so far. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm getting worked up about this. God, Fair enough. Anyway. Well, that 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 pretty much levels it for us. Uh, you are yeah. doing very well mentally with the whole Bennington signing. Um, all right, that has been the Hoppy Hour, everyone. Extended Hoppy Hour, diving into the St. Louis Blues. Uh, on the other side, we will be playing Armchair GM with the rest of the trade deadline and some of those decisions that, uh, well, <laughs> fortunate or unfortunate, it's uh, kind of all over the place. See you on the other side. All right, right. Joey, you want to kick this one off? Absolutely. Welcome back. Um, This is probably uh, my second favorite time of the NHL season besides the the playoff start. Um, I love the trade deadline. It's one of the best times of the year, sitting back, watching TSN Trade Center. They had it on ESPN this year, so... Breaking things. Everybody in the States got to watch it. Uh, it's it's one of the best times of the year. But yeah, we'll kick it off. Uh, we'll kind of talk winners, losers of the trade deadline. Uh, the first trade we'll talk about is Sam Bennett to Florida. Um, he went to Florida for a second and basically a second-round prospect that was picked in 2020, I believe. So basically... Two second-round picks uh, going back to the Flames. We know that Sam Bennett's wanted out of the uh, Calgary for a while now. So, uh, Hoppy, what's your take on this one? Uh, I think it's a little bit of an overpayment for something like that. But, I mean, at least when you look around the league at some of the other moves that were made. But I do think he fits the brand of hockey that they need. Like, Florida, finesse team. Like, they can score. They can do nice things with the puck. Sam Bennett, not going to put up a ton of points, but beyond that incredible mustache that he will absolutely be sporting, like he plays a playoff brand of hockey. And like, that's kind of the cliche thing that always comes up around playoff time, but the guy can play playoff hockey and that's what they need to inject into that lineup. If they want to have any chance at beating whoever they match up with between Tampa and Carolina. So I like the move, maybe a little overpayment, but if you know, that's the guy you want, you go out and get him. Yeah, I think it may be a little bit of an overpayment, but you know what? This shows that Florida is all in. They are doing whatever they can to make themselves better and, and make a, a strong playoff push. And it'll be fun to see. Um, 
what they do come playoff time because they they have been hot and it's it's been fun to watch. Jack Real quick on that one. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's hilarious because Calgary, well, Florida paid the same amount for Sam Bennett that Boston paid for Taylor Hall. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, heart, we'll get into that later, but yeah. 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 So it, real quick. It, it's a weird trade deadline. I mean, it, it was is. people didn't want to be they yeah, it was supposed to be quiet or, or draft picks. So it's it's a weird time. Yeah, it was supposed to be quiet, and then all these trades happened. San Jose is just taking on money, 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 money. Yeah. No, that was so. they they were super smart with that. They were the basically the third team in just to to broker some deals and basically pick up some free draft picks. So they're playing yeah, ATM. Uh, they they did did well without doing much. So uh, moving on to our our second dra- or second trade, Vrana panic and a first rounder in twenty twenty two, and a second rounder for Anthony Mantha from Detroit. Jack, what do you think about this? So I read that Vrana was or the team was frustrated with Vrana, and Vrana was just frustrated because I think like he was struggling to produce and the team was waiting for him to just like either figure it out or they like gave him a certain amount of time dealt him uh i like rana's game uh i liked him watching him in the final when they won the cup um he's a highly skilled player with him i think that's a pretty decent shot in the arm for detroit yeah, I, I completely agree. That was going to be uh, one of my main points is that Stevie Y, I mean, he worked his magic and damn, did he uh, make this rebuild go a lot quicker picking up two or a first round pick and a second round pick and then two uh, skilled NHL players. Hoppy, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't, I think the reason that they got as many picks as they did is because Ponick was a cap dump, but I think this is the trade of the deadline. I think that it's, at a way higher scale, it's kind of like earlier in the year when, or in the offseason, I think, when Pittsburgh traded for Kapanen, like they overpaid, but their roster immediately got better. I think Washington overpaid, but their roster is immediately better. Make no mistake. Mantha is an upgrade from Vrana. I don't care that Vrana has like better analytics, better numbers. Guess what? One's been playing second or first line in Washington. The other one's been in Detroit. And I really am a big fan of Mantha's game. And the guy is an absolute unit too. Massive guy. Uh, excited to see how that goes for them. And I mean, obviously I'm not cheering for the Capitals, but like going to be really interesting to see how he gels with that team. But the bigger thing for me is, Joey, you already hit on it. Like Iserman just doing his thing. I wish that we could just narrow that like four or five year gap that we have right now between the Avs and the upcoming Detroit dynasties. And we could have Sackick and Eiserman going head to head again, like the '90s. Because guess what? Sackick's, by and large, been doing a lot of the same things. You look back to that Devon Taves trade. Oh my goodness, they just keep on going. Um, but kudos, Steve Eiserman, guy is an absolute boss. Yeah, like you said, I think this was by far the the most interesting and best trade of the deadline. Both teams got what they wanted, what they needed. Uh, did did Washington overpay a little bit? Yes, but like you said, they got the guy they needed, and they're they're looking to make a push uh, deep into the playoffs. Um, the next trade, real, real quick, real oh, yeah, quick. Sorry, I got going. a uh, I got a can. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> best, sound the, best sound of the podcast, right there. 
<laughs> so petition also to change uh, Steve Eisenman's nickname from Stevie Y to Stevie Wise because he mm-hmm. makes a shit ton of good moves. Okay, yes, he does. Also, uh, moving to Sackix, moves. Go back to the Duchesne trade because oh my god, they fleeced Ottawa and Nashville. Duchesne, Harry, no he's doing it everywhere. Love it. Yeah, it's, I mean, those two, they were top class when they were playing, and now they're proving that they're they're just as smart in the front office. Uh, moving right along here, the Golden Knights acquired forward Matthias Yanmark, defenseman Nick DeSimone, and a fifth-round pick in 2022 from the Chicago Blackhawks and the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a second-round pick in the 2021 draft and a third-round pick in the 2022 draft. Um, with that trade, San Jose receives a fifth-round pick. Uh, like we said, just kind of they were the the broker of this deal to make the money work, and for that, they get a fifth-round pick. Uh, Hop, what are your thoughts on this one? This one kind of confused me when we're talking about how – like there was clearly no like market value that was established across the league because everyone had really different things they were willing to give out. I don't get Yanmark for that price, especially compared to the other things that were done at the deadline. But, hey, if that's what Vegas thinks they need to do to make a push, again, they know that they need to load up and get past Colorado, and that's really the task at hand. So if that does it, it is what it is. I just didn't think Yanmark would really move the needle that much. Yeah, how about you, Jack? What are your thoughts? Yeah, the Yanmark thing, like, it's not – at like, for instance, as big a trade as the Mantha deal. It's kind of like a like Hoppy said, if you think that's it, cool. <laughs> if that's the guy that pushes them over the edge, it's kind of weird since they have, you know, Pacioretty, Stone, Petrangelo um, in those gaudy helmets and uniforms. <laughs> those just like crow or uh, what's it? The reflective gold helmets. Uh, they want to be Notre Dame, apparently. <laughs> the Golden Domers. No, but I think, uh, yeah, this this trade didn't make much sense to me, but you know what? It's going to uh, go down for uh, one of the most creative trades in, in NHL history with uh, working, the, <laughs> working these trades and, and bringing San Jose in out of nowhere. I mean, that, that just shows how creative these GMs get to, to even think about calling a third team just to, to hold money, and, and basically that's what it comes down to. So uh, moving right along, uh, the Colorado Avalanche acquired forward Carl Soderberg from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for forward Josh Dickinson and the rights to forward Ryder Rolston. Uh, Hoppy, what are your thoughts? Just loading up on depth at this point. I think they're pretty set with their team. This is a team that a lot of people asked about going after Hall, and I just didn't see that in the cards for them at all. They like their team. They're set getting depth players, getting bottom six guys that can chip in in the playoffs. That's really all this is. Jack, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, like, I feel like Sackick did a lot of his work in the offseason, training for, as we said before, Devin Taves, and, like, he's made a lot of moves building this point. Cal <clears throat> McCarr, like, beast at, I don't even know how old that guy is, but, like, <laughs> I think he's younger than me. Um, and like from the, from the jump, they were my favorite to make it and win the cup this year because Sackick wants another ring. Yeah. 
No, I, I really like this trade for the Avs because Soderbergh played there for a couple of years, so he knows the system, he knows the teammates, and like Javi said, he's he's there to be a depth depth player, and I mean, I think he'll fit that role perfectly. And they gave up nothing to get him back, so yeah, good trade for the Avs to to build depth and and make their playoff run even stronger than it already is. Um, one that Isha would uh, love to chime in on if he ever made time for the soda pod is the Chicago Blackhawks acquired order forward Adam Gaudet from Vancouver Canucks in exchange for forward Matthew Highmore. Uh, Jack, any thoughts on this one? Not really. Um, what I've basically heard was Gaudet wasn't really uh, kind of same with Verona. He was uh, struggling. Excuse me struggling a little bit or Benning's just picking up marbles again. I don't know. <laughs> I got for this one. So for, for, for this one, I think uh, the best case scenario would be to uh, have Isha just insert a clip after I read that and, and have a 10 minute tangent because Lord knows how long you go on this, but uh, Hoppy. It'll go longer. Yeah. Hoppy, you got anything to add? Honestly. And, I hate saying this because I thought he's done a lot of dumb things in recent years. I think Stan Bowman might've been the smartest GM at the deadline. Uh, he moved out a lot of assets picked up again. I think that the Yanmark trade, he got way more than he should have. I think God dead is a guy that absolutely could be a better player than what we saw this year in Vancouver. Um, I, I love rolling the dice on that. This is a guy that has the pedigree. I don't think he's ever going to be a first line guy, but, Second, maybe can play third in the right system. He just wasn't a guy that was ever going to do well in the bottom six in Vancouver. And that's what they were trying to make him be. Um, I don't know. I, I don't hope it pays off because I don't like Chicago, but I think God, that could be a solid second line guy for him. Yep. I, I completely agree with that. It's a, it's a low risk trade for the Blackhawks and they could get, they could strike gold for their second or third line. And I mean, I think the ceiling's pretty high for Gaudet. He didn't get uh, a chance to succeed in in Vancouver. He was kind of buried there, but we'll see what uh, happens in Chicago now. Um, <sighs> pains me to to read this next one. Uh, Boston Bruins acquired forwards Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar from the Buffalo Sabers in exchange for forward Anders Bjork and only a fucking second round draft pick. <laughs> So I, I, I guess I'll talk about this one. Um, yeah, Hall didn't do much in Buffalo. They had a horrible team. They got um, they got the COVID bug, and it kind of derailed their season. But Hall never had anything going. He had to play with Eichel and Reinhardt and Olsen, so he played with all the top guns and, and still couldn't make anything happen. Um, Lazar, that one kind of hurt that they threw that one in there. I thought he was a, a great bottom six forward. He really fit the system. Um, so I don't know why why they got rid of him. Uh, it wasn't much of a cap dump because they picked up Bjork, who's got more of a cap hit than Lazar, so they're actually gaining money there. Um, they held 50% of Hall's salary. So, yeah, that second rounder better hit or this trade is going to be awful. Um, I get that their hands were kind of tied because um, it came out after the trade deadline, say, when they interviewed Hall. Um, he's basically said, I want to be traded to Boston and Boston only. And – that that ties a GM's hand when when a, a player says that with a no no trade or no move clause. So yeah, it kind of screwed them because reports came out afterwards saying that they could have got 
um, basically what uh, Palmieri and, and Zaka got in that trade to the Islanders. So it hurts. That hurts for a team that's rebuilding and a player that they signed at the beginning of the season. Um, either they made the playoffs or they, they were hoped to get a first rounder for Hall, but they get a second rounder and, and a bottom six forward. So, yeah, you guys want to add anything to that? Bobby. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll just say, I mean, you kind of hit what I was going to say, that I don't blame the GM at all because it was clear that Hall had him by the balls. Like, when that happens, he's better off doing that than holding on to Hall and getting nothing when he's done after this year and obviously not re-signing. Um, I agree, though. I thought the Lazar add-in was pretty bizarre. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there. Now, I don't hate Bjork. I think... He, he could be a middle six guy, and just depending on how he looks with more playing time in Buffalo, maybe he turns into a little bit more of a player. But, yeah, you got to get something at the deadline, and I'm really more curious because, I mean, Taylor Hall hasn't shown shit for the past couple seasons. He has no excuses now. He is going to Boston. He is going to play on that second line, might even get a little bit of flirting time with the first line. If he can't do something there – this guy's going to get shelled in his next contract. So, hey, pressure is on. I'm excited to watch and see if he can live up to it. So I'll add in a small little rant on Taylor Hall. Also, I brightened up my computer so you can see me again. <laughs> um, it's a sunset here. But uh, so going off kind of what Hoppy said first, this guy has to do something. He won the Hart Trophy because the New Jersey Devils were garbage when he arrived there, and he somehow managed to bring them to the playoffs. Since then, what has he done? Like, there's, <laughs> I've heard it said there needs to be a referendum on this guy's career because he hasn't done anything. With the trade itself, the last thing I want to see Boston get is another young gun who is pretty good in Lazar. Um, <laughs> God damn it. This team is a cockroach. Uh, every, like their core is still aging, but they're still at the top of their division, no matter where they are. They're like kudos to the team themselves. I hate it. I have mad respect for like, they're, they're turning into the NHL's Patriots, same city. <laughs> same stupid core that just sticks around and makes it to the playoffs every year. Whether or not they win the actual championship is to be seen, but oh well. They still make it. Um, like, for the hell's Buffalo's GM, Kevin Adams? Yeah. How do you not get a first over, like a first round pick? I mean, it, it goes back to, to Hall wanting to go to Boston. Boston knew that they. They could only make a deal with them, so why give up a first? I mean, if so they, that's the other thing. If they say no, they don't get they don't get Hall, but then Buffalo eats that contract and they don't get anything for it. And that's a in division rival that I mean they don't have to give up anything for. They could sign him in the offseason and and screw Buffalo over. What was Hall's contract? Eight mil for one year. Was it a? Uh, yeah, he had full control. Any... No move. No, no move. movement clause. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was going to say, either like with Kevin Adams, you either have to move him because you signed him 
really, this is on Taylor. Like Taylor Hall fucked himself to begin with, and now is going to the Bruins. He fucked himself because he wanted way too much money in the offseason, and no one signed him. So the last choice he was left with was the Buffalo Sabres. And he's done jack shit this season. <laughs> now he's going except to a regular situation. Eight million, then get to go to a, a top qualifying team or a top contending team out east. Yeah, no so sure. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he fucked himself too much. He made one of the best contract moves ever. Well, he fucked himself because he's embarrassed himself all season, knowing he's going to get a fucking golden parachute, or sorry, sorry, a black and golden parachute straight to Boston. Like, hey, where are we landed, boys? To Skinner and Eichel, who's currently uh, looking at surgery, because why is he going to play anyway? Um, like, I had like my respect level for Taylor Hall is very low. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I gotta disagree with you. Even being a, a diehard Sabres fan, I completely disagree. He signed a one-year deal for eight million dollars, and when he signed that deal, the Sabres knew and gave him a no movement clause. It was in his contract. So as much as I don't like what Hall did and requested to go to one team, he's completely right in that. He had that, he had that option and he flexed it. So why yeah. not? I mean, he, he got to go to a contending team and I mean, everything's in his hands now. If he, if he plays like shit in Boston, yes, he's going to get a horrible he's contract. Done. So it's, it's completely up to him. His game is so lost right now, even before signing with Buffalo. He, he's just been lost in the last couple of years. And I mean, hopefully he can find his game um, unless he signs with Boston, then he can go fuck himself. But uh, that sounds yeah. like it's what he wants to do. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. So basically in Boston, he's going to be playing the second line with playoff Krejci, yeah. playoff Krejci, who is a monster. Uh, I know. <laughs> I don't even know who's on their second line other than Krejci. Um, it's probably DeBrusque. It is DeBrusque, yeah. Oh, yeah. That so, guy. Yeah, I like, mean, the situation, it's, it's all in Hall of Sands now. He's got to play well to, to earn that contract. And honestly, he might take a, a pay discount if he wants to stay in Boston because he likes the team, likes the area, and that, that's his right. So, and because no one else will pay him more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> especially in this age where the cap is it's set and people don't want to pay a premium. So it's a, a whole new world with uh, the COVID cap. So, all right, moving right on. Enough, yeah. with, enough with the hall. I, I'm sick of talking about him <laughs> and, and, and Buffalo sucking and, and never doing anything at the trade deadline. Um, the last major trade we'll talk about. Um, and I'm sure Hoppy's got a lot to weigh on, weigh in on this. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins acquired forward Jeff Carter, from the LA Kings in exchange for conditional draft picks in 2022 and 2023. Hoppy, take it away. If I told you five years ago that in the year 2021, we would be coming out of a global pandemic and both Ron Hextall and Jeff Carter would be part of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization, you would have smacked me and said, okay, there was probably a pandemic, but the other shit didn't happen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so first and foremost, I like he's kind of been just out rotting in LA. I think the guy can still play. And I think he's got an interesting position with the penguins, just being that he's a guy that can finish around the net. Like that's what they need. They have so many pass first setup minded players. Shit. He might replace Gensel on the first power play unit, sticking him right there in the slot. Um, 
what I like about this is pretty much everything I just said, and that obviously Hextall has familiarity with this guy, not from Philly, but from his time as an assistant GM out with LA. Um, what scares me is that there's another year on this contract and I don't know where he's going to be at year 38. Um, but as far as this year is concerned in a vacuum, I like it. I think it, you know, Penguins really didn't need to do anything at this deadline besides get healthy. And this just gives them a little bit more depth. Yeah, I, I love the point of uh, we more more likely to have a pandemic than to have these two in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought the NHL is a, a as a crazy place? And I mean, Hextall, NHLers they hold grudges. You listen to it on podcasts, and you listen to it too. These guys talk about how they hold grudges for years on end. If I mean, just kind of the old NHL NHL rules that uh, or unwritten rules, I should say, and. Yeah, it's uh, pretty funny to see Hextall in Pittsburgh. Uh, Jack, you got anything else to add to this trade? So when I first saw the trade announcement, the account I saw it on only said, Jeff Carter moves back to Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I swear to God, I thought he was going back to Philly. <laughs> and then I see, I looked on Cap Friendly like, oh, Pittsburgh. Wait a minute. <laughs> and then I remembered, oh yeah, Hextall's the GM now. They have Brian Burke as their uh, president, like good old North American boys and good old grinders. <laughs> like, so with the, the net from presence that Hoppy mentioned, ever since they traded Hornquist to uh, the Panthers, I also yeah. love his game too. I like Agreed. Hornquist was my I, favorite. I loved him in Pittsburgh, man. Dude, like, <laughs> I think Florida won that trade just because how good they're doing. Also, he's on their like first power play, first or second power play line. That's his role, like, though, guys, is to be on the power yeah. play, man. Yeah. Guy's a machine. He's a net front machine. <laughs> and he, I think I heard a stat uh, the other night. I was watching a game. The like Florida played Dallas the other night. And they met, like, the commentator said, like, August the puck, seven of his, like, however many goals came on the power play. <laughs> and I was like, okay, buddy. So, yeah. Pittsburgh's been needing that net front presence, and I think they got it with Carter. Yep. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's a, I think that's a, a good pickup for them at a, a decent price. So, I mean, both teams there, uh, I think, win with the draft picks going to um, L.A. and the Penguins getting Carter. All right, you guys may be thinking, why aren't we talking more wild? Well, this is a trade deadline segment, and, well, the wild didn't make a single move Poppy, what are your thoughts on them not making a move? Do you think it's smart? Do you think it's they needed to do something? And because they're kind of on the fringe there, uh, what are your thoughts? Happy, 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 happy. Uh, as Jack and I have basically beaten to death at this point, not beating Colorado or Vegas. Even if you do, you're not beating the other one in the next round. Um, and this is a team that's not poised to win a cup right now. The biggest thing I look at in building a cup roster, like everyone talks, yeah, you got to have a goalie. Well, no shit. Uh, but I'm a big believer that you have to be deep down the middle. And the Wild are the opposite of that with Rask on the first line, Hartman on the second line, and Ak playing where he should be on the third line as their most skilled center. 
Um, you're not going to go out and get a first or second line center at the deadline, especially in a year like this with a flat cap. I think if there's anything that's going to be done, it's going to be done around the draft this summer. And I think that's when we're going to see a lot of shit start flying for Billy Guerin, including probably Dumba getting moved. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it is extremely smart. They didn't give up any assets. I mean, they're, they're, a team kind of on the bubble right now. Like you said, they're not going to go deep in the playoffs. They will make the playoffs, but why give up assets or, or draft picks that you need to stock the cupboards with and and look forward because this is a young team and, and they need to get younger. Um, with Parisi up there, um, the, he's just not going to do it anymore. So they gotta they got to restart filling these roles and, and really rebuild their team from, from draft picks and – and they don't have, really have anybody they can give up for anything good. Nobody's going to take Parisi anymore. So, yeah, I think it was good for them to stay put. Um, Jack, being a, a St. Louis Blues fan and rooting for them, how do you feel about the the Wild not making a move? Uh, well, <clears throat> we have the Blues and Wild thing. As Hoppy said, we're in, we're both in the same boat. Like these teams, like the Wild, I agree aren't exactly ready to contend for a cup. They're definitely playoff ready. Um, cup contenders is a different level, and I don't think they're there. Like Vegas and Colorado are, at, are cup contenders. The Blues and Wild aren't. They're playoff contenders, not cup contenders. I might have to jump off here soon because my headphones are dying, but you brought up Parise, <laughs> so now i got to rub this salt in the wound. You guys are paying him currently – no move clause until 2024, 20, 25. Him and Suter. Wait, really? Yeah. That's really really I don't mind Suter, to be completely honest. I, I hate how people rip on him. I think he's absolutely a number two, number three defenseman in the league through the end of that contract. Parisi, yeah. different story. Yeah. <laughs> You're signed on the same day at the same time to the same deal. Buddy, I was waving an American flag, <laughs> chugging beer and screaming. I'm aware and I 4th, was happy. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. No one was upset about the trade or the, the signings on that day. I assure you. No, but the problem is neither of those guys are like, I think the problem is you signed both of them to so much money. You had no room. We're on this boat now. Uh, you have no room to be like, Oh, let's get this guy, and that'll push us over the top. Now your prospects have to push you over the top, and that's just not going to happen. Kaprizov, I love. I'd get a Kaprizov jersey if you guys had decent-looking jerseys. I would you for that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that'll be my final note. Get better jerseys. I'll get a Kaprizov jersey. See you guys next time. Preach, man. Hey, thanks for having <laughs> on, Jack. We really appreciate it. We'll be talking to you. Whether or not the Blues are able to surpass the awful front office out in the desert. Yeah, I think we just have me on anyway, whether we do or not. <laughs> if you guys will have me again. Of course, man. Great to have you as always. All right, boys. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. See you, Jack. Later, Jack. Oh, 
All right, Joey, what else did we have to get into here? Man, what a what a great talk with Jack. It's always fun having him on. But uh, news coming out just a couple, a couple hours before the podcast aired here on Wednesday. You guys will be listening in on Thursday, most likely. But uh, JT uh, Miller comes out and comments on the Canucks returning to play after their COVID hiatus. Uh, Hoppy, what do you think about this and his comments? It's hard to disagree with them, especially, I mean, let's be real. There's some frustration settled in there too. It's been a shitty year for that team. And everyone kind of saw the decline coming with what happened in the off season for them. But I don't think anyone expected it to go as poorly as it has. And then you layer COVID for all of them on top of this. You don't know how each player is recovering. Obviously getting one practice and one pregame skate before jumping back in. That's not ideal for anyone after a huge hiatus. I mean, hey, the guy's speaking his mind, and why shouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, basically the, his comments were it's not only affecting the team, but people are going home to their families and their loved ones, and and it's not just affecting the direct team. It, it's going, I mean, widespread. So clearly they're not going to make a playoff push. Um, so he was very vocal about that. And I mean, it's just another thing that Isha could comment on if he was here and uh, made some time for the soda pod. So, but yeah, moving right along, uh, the wild played a matinee game today on Wednesday. Um, that was a, a interesting time for them to play, but yeah, they uh, had a five, two win over the coyotes. Is there any, uh, any main points that you saw during this game? Uh, early on in the game, I was, a little concerned, just again, it's Aiden Hill, their number three goalie, and we weren't really putting much on him. But I mean, at the end of the game, they won five two. move on to the next one. You have to take care of business against them because, again, with the games you still have left against Vegas, Colorado and St. Louis, no room for error with the other four. So um, also Phil Kessel gets on the board. What up? That was a, a beautiful passing play. Kind of a one-two from behind the net. Kessel wide open in front. Got to cover him there. But, yeah, that was a, a great play um, out of the corner. Tap in. Um, yeah. Other than that, no, Parisi had a, a great NHL 21-style goal. Um, got a rebound off the the low bumper. Uh, he was backdoor, got that rebound, and, and buried it home. So it's good to see. I mean, we give him a lot of shit uh, for his contract and, and not playing up to it. But it's good to see him put goals in because you know what he's still part of the wild and we're still paying him for quite some time like jack brought up so yeah it's uh it's good to see um the wild get scoring from everybody i mean it's not just a couple guys i mean zuccarello had two in this game but it's it's pretty spread out and yeah it's uh, it's good to see and yeah it's uh anything else you got to add to that hoppy no i mean it that says it all, I think. Awesome. What else do we got? I think we got one more thing. All right. Another depressing Sabres stat for the year. Jack Eichel is out for the remainder of the year with a herniated disc. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on that? I mean, it's weird that it took this long for them to make that decision, but um, unless it's something where they were getting several opinions and didn't know how to go about it, but yeah, of course you shut him down. There's nothing to play for right now. He is the cornerstone, whether that's him being traded out to bring in 
a shitload of assets to be part of a rebuild or him being the focal point of the franchise moving forward. Um, that that kind of leads me to ask, Joey, is it pretty much the the Eichel and Darlene show and you do just stay the course and build around them? Or do you move one or both and just go 100% full send on trying yet another rebuild? I think you, I think you stay put. I mean, you need to hire a coach that Eichel wants to be there. Obviously he, he got along with Kruger, but Kruger's style did not fit that team. And it's showing now, I mean, they are on a, I think a five game point streak now after ending their 18 game losing streak. So I think, I think you keep them both one Darlene won't get as much as you think. Um, yes. He's a young defensive prospect that hasn't even come close to, to showing his full potential. Um, but I don't think he'll get as much as, as he is really built up to be, um, as far as Eichel, I mean, I think I like him as a player. Um, he's, I don't think you're going to get that talent. And I mean, you could, you could draft for another first round pick if you trade him or a couple seconds with that, but it goes back to the fact of Buffalo is a horrible drafting record and you need to hit on those first round picks. And if they don't, then you gave up Eichel for a prospect and a, a first rounder that that amounted to nothing. Um, right now, I think with Don Granado, the interim head coach, uh, you're really seeing what Dalene can be. He is playing amazing right now. He's got that offensive spark uh, back in his game that he was so coveted for over in Sweden. I mean, he everybody compared him to Carlson coming over and. And he did not fit Kruger's system. Kruger's system was all defensive. Um, don't skate the puck on a breakout. Don't join the rush. Um, stay put. He, he basically told him to be a stay put defenseman, and and that's not his style. And you're seeing highlights every game they play now from from Darlene making these amazing plays to get up into the play, whether it's a two on one or breaking it out, joining the rush, or making a hell of a move on a blue line in the offensive zone to either create a chance or score himself. So yeah, I think uh, you got to keep them both around and, and hope for the best. I mean, you have those two and Skinner locked up um, long-term and, and uh, Reinhardt's contracts coming up again this year. So, I mean, those are, those are four players that you can really build your team around, but uh, to keep this rant even longer, I think they need to start drafting better. I mean, they have, how do you, how do you do that? If you only have scouts in the U S and Canada, Exactly. It's, they're a mess. They're a complete mess. And, and um, I think they hired Carmanos today to be a, an assistant GM, which will really help Kevin Adams out. I think Adams has been doing a pretty good this year, pretty good this year for being a first time GM. And he hasn't made too many mistakes. He got uh, thrown into a shit storm, man. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> None of this is his fault. No, not at all. So well, but so I mean, jo- Joey, if, if, if you're Joey Pagula, we obviously know that you're expanding the scouting staff, but the, I want to know a little bit more about some of the touchables and untouchables, but first and foremost, is Reinhardt getting re-signed? Man, that one's tough. It all comes down to, to price. I mean, I, I like him as a player and Granado. It, it goes back to him now. He put him at center, and he's really playing well at center. So that opens up so many options. Now you don't have to play him with Eichel on the first line at the wing. You can play him as a second-line center and and really open up opportunities there and, and put him with Skinner or or anybody else on the – or even Cousins. Um, 
And, and that's the one of the big points right now with Buffalo is they don't have that center depth. They have Eichel, who's been hurt a bunch lately. Um, so going back to the asylum, I think they have to. I mean, I think he'll get a decent deal, but it won't be overpaid. But I, I don't know, man. It, even though him and Eichel are like best friends, he's yep. not staying in Buffalo at fair market value. I just yeah. don't see it. Yeah. Oh, nobody will. And that's the problem with Buffalo. No matter how good or bad of a team you are, it's not the best city to play in. And and players will say that they don't want to go to Buffalo because it's not like a Tampa or a Chicago or a, a Nashville or Vegas. It's it doesn't have that appeal to free agents. Um, so they need to get to that superstar status, which they're stuck in a rut. And hopefully Kevin Adams can figure it out and and really hit on these draft picks. I mean, they have, I think 10 this year. So you got to hit on all, all, almost all of them to start restocking the cupboards and, and really make this uh, a playoff hockey team. Yeah, man. Is there anyone that you think is a prime candidate to be moved for assets? Uh, honestly, the sad thing is no, I don't think they have anybody they can move. Clearly, they're going to hold on to Ristolainen. They've, I mean, he's been on the trade deadline talk for five years now. He's not going anywhere. Darlene, I don't think he'll move. They'll move him. They're going to build their team around him and um, Cousins and Skinner's not going anywhere. Nobody's taking that contract. Sabres can't eat any of it because I mean they're cap crunch too. So they don't have any prospects they can trade. We already went over that. They they drafted horribly and they traded him away to. to restart their rebuild too early with uh, Evander Kane and, and Bogosian trades. They, they just started things too early and this rebuild's going to have to be uh, another rebuild. Yeah. I don't know what else to say it's on that. Cycle in Buffalo. That's for sure. All right, Joey, shoe on the other foot then before we say goodbye on episode 145 of the soda pod, uh, give it to me straight. I'm a pretty, I don't know. I may, maybe you'll tell me otherwise. I think I'm a pretty fair judge of the Penguins. How are they going to do this year? Where do they sit? You know, I think I think they made the right moves at the deadline. I, I think picking up Carter is, is going to be a, a good a good fit there. They got Zucker off of IR. Um, honestly, I think it's going to come down to goaltending there with DeSmith and Jari. I think they're going to need to play well. And the thing is, is that they both can be a starter. Um, which is huge going into the playoffs because you can ride the hot hand and go to your backup who is basically a starter. So um, I think the biggest thing for them is that I don't think they're going to get through Washington. I think Washington is is too strong and I hope they play each other because everybody loves that rivalry. I know. I I, I want it. I want it. (laughs) No, I, I think, I think they made the right moves that they, they didn't invest too much to, to handcuff them in the future. I think they're going for it this year. And I mean, they really have to start going for it because Crosby and Gino, they're not getting any younger and they may be moved or probably not Crosby, but Gino more likely, but yeah, I think they're going to run into the juggernaut that is Washington and it's going to be another series with them where it's going to be a coin flip just because of the hatred between those teams and Crosby and Sid. Who? Oh, sorry. Crosby and Ovi. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's okay. I'm he's just he's just not here, so you're all I'm, good. I'm good, so, one, I'm good for one an episode. At least I didn't ramble on about St. Louis when we were actually talking about San Jose. Oh my goodness, yeah. Um, so I mean, is is Washington the clear cut team to advance from the Mass Mutual East then, or what's the layout? I mean, it is a Mass Mutual East, so Boston's always got to be up there since uh, that's their their main sponsor, but. No, I, th- I think it's going to be Washington. I think it's theirs to lose. Um, I don't I don't think it's going to be a, a clear-cut runaway because it's the NHL playoffs. Anything can happen. Eights can beat ones. And, and yeah, it's it's not like the NBA where it's your one seed's going to win and, and be a lock. I think, I think the East is going to be fun to watch. I think there's a, a lot of um, parity in that division. And, I mean, all the teams hate each other. So it's going to be oh, – yeah awesome when uh playoff kind of time comes yeah i was gonna say that if there's a division i'm not gonna place bets on it's that one i have no clue out of the four teams that are gonna get in what's gonna happen yeah um the other ones are all pretty well cited um but yeah it it's gonna be exciting and i'm absolutely pulling for the dreaded second round matchup between pittsburgh and washington if we get that that's all that i can possibly ask for Anything else you wanted to hit on here, Joey? No, that was a great episode. We uh, covered lots of topics. Like I said before, trade deadline time is one of my favorite times in the NHL season. So I'm glad uh, glad we got to talk about that. And there's always some uh, fun and interesting headlines that come out of it. Wonderful. Well, Joey, thank you for showing up. Thank you again to great recurring guest Jack Ferrara, who... Bet your ass he's going to be back on now once playoff time comes around, whether or not the Blues are in. So we're going to have fun regardless. Uh, Isha, well, we'll maybe see you on Sunday. Who knows? Um, But thank you to those tuning in on Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Folks, the best thing you can do for us this week is give us five stars on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Go listen through our website, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. On your app, download the episode before you listen as it helps our business. Don't forget to follow, we'll even say Isha here, at VI Sports Talk. You can follow the Soda Pod at the Soda Pod, both on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow me at State of Hoppy on Twitter. If you're following that on Instagram, it's actually Joey. And Joey, where can they find you? They can find me at Twitter at Joey Netto. Wonderful. Well, signing off, I'm State of Hoppy alongside Joey Netto. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You good, man? We're good, man. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the same here global mental health movement and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the same here alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag same here global mental health movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the band-aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, 
The first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.